Oh, Chris, if you thought yesterday was bad, you haven't seen nothing yet, all right, pal? You don't know how much we can take it to the next level, including in being bad. And by bad, I mean good, which is also good and also bad at the same time. So, nonetheless, do you got the meat sweats today, Kaplan, or no? Kind of a little bit in a weird way. Like, my palms are kind of sweaty in a weird way right now. Like, like literally perspiring, like where I can see the rest of my body is dry, but I need to put like deodorant on my palms or something. This is kind of a little weird. Why are you, are you sweaty? Yeah, is there your knees weak? I don't know. Maybe it was what happened last night. I don't know. Could it could have been what I saw this morning on television about what happened last night. It could have been watching the replay of the game last night, this afternoon. I don't know. There's something going on. I'm having some sort of a chemical reaction to what took place last night, I think. Well, I, I mean, I know what's happening, basically, is that you are now on the brink and the precipice of having a nervous breakdown because the Chargers are actually good, and you have to deal with that, basically. <laughs> well, it kind of goes like this, George. Um, I am a natural-born skeptic, as you are well aware, but I am also the kind of person that is a wait-and-see kind of guy. You know, so like all this talk in the first three weeks of the NFL season, Derek Carr, MVP, what a start, elite quarterback. I'm thinking to myself, it's three games in. Yeah, he's passed for a bunch of yards. Looks good. The Raiders have won games, um, all of them very, very close games. And, um, you know, games like a, a win in Pittsburgh, which I thought was so impressive in week two, turns out by week four, didn't look as impressive. And uh, a win against Miami at home with a backup quarterback. Not as impressive, although resilient. On the road, taking on the Chargers, who are a very explosive team. We're finding out about their explosive defense, not just the explosive okay. playmakers on offense. Can I, can I stop you for a second? Go ahead. Because you're doing all this thing, and basically what you're doing yeah. is you're going to – I can already see it coming. Go you're ahead. going to complain about the Raiders not living up to the billing – that you set them up for because you don't want the Chargers to succeed. Well, I will I will push back on that and say I don't really feel like I overhyped the Raiders. In fact, I would argue that you overhyped the Raiders. Now, no, that no, no, said, I did not overhype the Raiders. Oh, I, I just know, said man. that it shows resilience, uh, re some resilience to be able to jump back in a game down fourteen nothing like that. And it was and it was a good point. Uh, but I, but, I but that, that has Raiders... nothing to do with yesterday's game, which I picked the Chargers to right. win, and, and I, I said I that the, the Chargers would be the team that would show that in a matchup, like anything yeah. else, football right. and boxing and all these sports, matchups make fights. I feel like the Chargers have a better matchup against the Raiders individually. Yeah, I picked the Raiders to win the game, but it wasn't based on analysis and it no. wasn't based on anything. Emotion. other. That no, was based on emotion. It's based yes. on hate. That's right. right. That's right. That's my point. So you're doing this thing. You're starting the show. Mm-hmm. And you're you're doing the thing of like you're give you're you're basically admonishing the Raiders for not fulfilling your prophecy, right? Well, I mean, listen, if you if if you would have put a if you would have said to me, really take all the emotion out of it, act like you don't have a dog in the fight. Who do you think is going to win the game? I would have told you I thought the Chargers were going to win the game, but I have a but I have but I have emotion in this thing. I have anger. It's personal for me, and so I always pick against the Chargers, as I told you. When the Chargers lose, they're ranked number 32 in my power rankings. When the Chargers win, whoever they beat is ranked number 32 in my power rankings. See, the thing is, is this. I understand that the Chargers are likely, on paper, a better team than the Raiders. But I don't want to admit that. In my mind, I have to keep battling with myself. I have to keep rooting against 
any success they will have on the field. So it's a built-in sort of hatred and anger. But I will say this, the one thing that I got out of last night's game, even though I didn't get the result that I was hoping for, is I got the storyline and the perpetuation of the storyline that I was hoping for because not only did the ESPN broadcast continue to pound away at the story that there were so many more Raider fans than Charger fans and that L.A. was not embracing the Chargers, that storyline continued on to the point where I don't know if you saw any of the Chargers post-game social media the players were on the field going, that's right, baby, we got that dub. Even though they said we didn't have any fans, and yeah, there were only a couple of you here, we heard those three or four of you guys out here. So everybody talked about it nonstop. So for me, there's the W I taken last night. Well, it's the only W you can take. Pretty much, you, yeah, that's kind of yeah, the case. I mean, yeah. you, you, you were doing the thing where you were going to, again, like you're going to rip the Raiders for not living up to the billing and not give the Chargers any credit. Oh, no, 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 I'll give the Chargers a lot of credit. Listen, let me say this. Justin Herbert is a star. We get it. And he's going to be an even bigger star. Okay? The guy can play. That's number one. Number two, Austin Eckler. George, listen, Austin Eckler was an undrafted free agent. Not one team drafted him in seven rounds of an NFL draft. And the Chargers had a guy named Melvin Gordon, who was a star running back at Wisconsin, who they drafted in the first round. The reason Melvin Gordon is playing for the Denver Broncos is because Austin Eckler is a very, very inspirational player. So I have plenty of good things to say about the players. I just have a hard time separating ownership from the players themselves so I don't root for the organization because I see rooting for the team as rooting for the ownership, and I just can't do that. But they're going to be really good. Like this notion, we talked about this yesterday. And I was like, you know, Lindsay brought it up. And I'm like, yeah, they kind of faced this uphill battle. They're a lot like the Clippers. You know, that was the analogy Lindsay made, which I felt like is is pretty accurate in a lot of ways. They're kind of a, you know, a, a group without a country, basically, in a lot of ways here in Los Angeles. I get that they played here in 1960 before moving to San Diego. So spare me the history lesson. But. This is the long game here, okay, in Los Angeles, I think, when it comes to football. Granted, there will always be Raider fans, and I do believe that fandom gets passed down from generation to generation. But as we get further and further away, like, I, again, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, my dad grew up a Yankees fan, right? So I, as a kid, and pretty much most of my life, was a Yankees fan. But I've told you guys here over the last couple of years... I've kind of let go of the Yankees because I don't watch the Yankees every day. Although, you know, I'll watch tonight because it's a playoff game. And, yeah, maybe there's a little inkling of emotion there for the Yankees, but not like it was when I was, you know, growing up or even watching them more regularly. But I've been watching the Dodgers for a long time now, every night. And I root for the Dodgers. I like them. I want them to win. So what I'm saying is as time goes by and generations go by, that stuff becomes less and less pronounced. So, and because L.A. didn't have football for 20 years, Kaplan, I think that the battle, quote-unquote, for L.A. is still way up for grabs. Like, I think that if the Chargers play the long game and Justin Herbert has this storied career and they win at a high level, people are going to be fans of the Chargers. It may not be right now, but they'll be more and more as the years go on. You know that, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this story or not, but a couple years ago, I'm down in Dallas for the Thanksgiving game. And, you know, I've, I've covered that game uh, for, for national radio for many years. And every year when I go, I make it a point to get in front of Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones is actually quite a remarkable person because on Thanksgiving Day, with so many dignitaries there on the sideline, 
when I get in front of Jerry, he literally will give me a good solid five minutes, handshake, eye to eye, close proximity. Like we really have some deep conversations. So a couple years ago, George, I'm down in Dallas and I say to Jerry, I say, Jerry, come on, man, really? Like, just look at what's going on in L.A. right now with the Chargers. They're not going to do well ever in L.A. They're just, they are a San Diego property, and L.A. sports fans look at them as that. You know what Jerry Jones said to me that day, George? What did he say? He said in 30, well, actually, he started with this. He was, Scott, do you have any idea how many babies are born in L.A. every year? And I looked at him and said, uh, no. And he said, well, me neither, but it's a lot. So he said, here's what's going to happen. He said, he said here's right. what's going right. to Right. He goes, here's what's going to happen. 30 years from now, all those little babies that are born this year and next year and the year after that, the next five years, in 30 years, all those little babies are going to become Charger fans. And he said, and then the NFL will, and the Chargers in particular will have a real fan base in L.A. It'll take a generation but when kids grow up and the Chargers are in their backyard, eventually there will be a solid fan base for this franchise. Now, is Jerry Jones right? I don't know, but it kind of kind of sounded somewhat persuasive at the time. I'll tell you this. You want to hear something that the Chargers did really, really well last night? What's that? You're going to love this. I get up this morning, and I turn on ESPN's first take, and I see Stephen A. Smith sitting at the desk, and he's got Keyshawn Johnson on remote. And he can't wait, Stephen A., to give it to Keyshawn because Keyshawn has been hyping the Raiders, right? Yeah. Okay. You know what Stephen A. Smith says? What? He goes, I was at the game last night, and, man, did they show me a great time. The owner's suite at SoFi Stadium is amazing, and thanks to Dean Spanos for all the hospitality. You want to talk about being smart? Let me give the Chargers franchise a little bit of credit. If you go to Stephen A. Smith, who's one of the, he is the face of ESPN, and you wine him and dine him and show him a phenomenal time at the, the Chargers owner's suite can, can, on Monday can, Night Football. Can, can you pause one second? Yeah, go ahead. Phenomenal. It's just great. Phenomenal. And so, yeah, so that's exactly what he did. The, the Chargers last night ownership, apparently, according to Stephen A., invited him to be their guest in their suite. So whether or not they would have won last night, which they did, or even if they would have lost, they have buddied up to a major voice of sports television. And I thought, I was, I thought to myself, now Stephen A's a celebrity now. He's not a journalist anymore. He's an opinionist, but he's not really a journalist anymore. $12 million a year guy. Whoa, the Chargers invited him like he was a movie star, like he was a star of a television show, which I guess he is. And... That's the smart thing to do is buddy up to the biggest media personalities you can, wine them and dine them so that they go and spread the word that you're making it, you're doing it. Even if they hadn't won, that was a brilliant move. So you see, I'm capable of giving some credit where credit is due. I just didn't like the result of the game. Yeah, because you, you, you picked the Raiders because you, you hate Dean Spanos. Correct. Okay, fair enough. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Is Kaplan being, uh, you know, just, is, is he just got sour grapes here? It's, he does. Do you think, he will does. you ever show us your lightning bolts again? 877-710-ESPN. Oh Rancho Penasquitas, hello. 877-710-3776. Let's get into the Raiders part of this because there's one criticism of Derek Carr last night from his opponent that is something you don't 
ever want to hear if you're a Raiders fan. We'll get to that on the other side. But first, a look at traffic from the triumphant mm -hmm. Kiki and her Chargers. Okay, he can't show you his lightning bolts, George, because he never had them. Oh, ever, ever, ever. ever. Hold on so, a second. Now, hold on one never. second. Rachel Penasquitas, hello. Now, wait a hello, second. Wait a Conway. second. I now, wait a second. Am I on what? the air yet or not? Laura, you yeah, got to put me back air. on. Okay. You're okay. on the All air. All right, Kiki, Kiki. Yeah, big baby sour Kiki. grapes with your Kiki. cheese. Yes, Now, what? wait a second. You know, as a Charger fan, you know how <laughs> deeply, deeply involved I was in trying to keep the Chargers in San Diego. I know. You know you that I was personally involved. Bosa, you don't take it out on Herbert. I'm they not taking it out on any of those guys. You, I sounds like you're taking it out to me. That's no. just yeah, you are. Like from here. Okay, you do traffic. Take it out and it, on, on Austin Eckler. What a game uh, last night. What are you they talking about? I just team. I just propped Austin Eckler up so much. They what are you talking about? They didn't move the team. You cheer for the players. No. What did Raider fans do when their team I don't separate the owner from the player. That's my position on it. Karen's got a point with the Raider fans, though. A real Raider fan uh, separates because they stuck with their team when they moved to L.A. from Oakland now to Vegas. They stuck with their team. So Not me. Well, because you're a big old baby. Whoa, there we go, babies. Or you're Thank a sellout. You. How about that? Maybe you, sell sell Maybe you no, sold out. I'm called a real fan. I'm <laughs> no, loyal. No, I'm you loyal. sold out Kiki, on your how about this? Kiki, Kiki, yeah? we'll bring you yeah. back. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Do traffic and come back. I want to. I want to hear this. Go ahead. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I would absolutely play kickball, uh, and I'd love for people to chime in. If, you're like, if you haven't seen Squid Game, it's basically these people owe a bunch of debts, and they're being told that they have to play a, kids, a series of kids' games to pay off their debts and or make money, and if they fail in these kid games... They die. Like, literally, they die on the show. Uh, it's not a real show. It's a fictional show, obviously. But if you had a kid game that you had to play to save your life, which is it? It's kickball for me. I am absolutely the cleanup hitter on kickball. No matter what you think of me, okay, I know <laughs> I can kick a ball a really long way. And I would imagine that would be Kaplan's, but I feel like Kaplan would also die. Now, well, Kiki's here. Yeah. Kiki's here, and we'll get everyone's thoughts on this. I want Laura line people up at eight seven 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 ten ESPN. If you had one kids game you could play for your life, you are going to die if you don't play this game oh, well. God. What game is it? So we'll get to that in a second. But before I bring Kiki back to continue uh, this discussion with Scott, because I think it's fascinating about Scott's disdain for the Chargers and Kiki's love for the Chargers and her bone to pick with him uh, about it. I want to go to Arnold first in L.A., who's been holding on patiently. Arnold, what do you got? I just want to say that that last segment where Kiki and, and, and uh, George was one of the best 30 to 35 seconds I've heard in a month. Get him, Kiki. Go ahead, Kiki. Yeah, Kiki. and it was Scott. Arnold, by the way, it was Scott. It wasn't me that she was going at it well, with. Well, it was you oh, who was no, pushing no, George, the buttons. I'm sorry. That's a huge mistake, George, because you're great. You're oh, awesome. You're awesome you. on the jump. You're awesome, period. Your whole show is really good. I really enjoy it. But that Kiki, whoa. That was awesome. 
right. Thank attitude. you. Yeah, but thank you, Arnold. We appreciate that. Oh, that's so, uh, all right. So basically, Scott, if you can, in thirty seconds, thirty to sixty seconds, can you give people your backstory on, on your history seconds. with the Chargers, just so people know if people are just tuning in for the first time? My history with the Chargers, it started back in the early 90s when I was an undrafted free agent that they brought out of the University of Pittsburgh and gave an opportunity to play in the NFL. For that, I was forever grateful. When I moved to San Diego in 2001, the radio station I worked for had no relationship left with the Chargers because Chargers ownership was so angry about things that were said on the air, I I repaired that relationship. At that time, the Chargers couldn't sell out a game. Every game was going to be blacked out, but the city of San Diego was actually buying the extra tickets so that the games would get onto TV. I was the voice of the fan base for that team for a good 15 years from when they were 1-15 until they were 14-2. I would have rock concerts at 5 o'clock in the morning with thousands of people lined up outside, all to be part of what we were doing. But... When this team decided to leave, and by the way, I tried to broker a settlement between the city and the ownership. I was caught in the middle of all of it. When they decided to leave, that's when I was done. And the reason is, is because Stan Kroenke actually put his money where his mouth was, and he went and built a stadium. The Chargers up and left because their ownership didn't have the money. Now, oh, by the way, just to be fair, and I know this was longer than 30 seconds. This wasn't Way just longer. the Spanos. I mean, fault. listen, you can't go. I, you, you, you don't know how to be brief, so right. it's fine. It was the city's fault good. also. Good it was the Lord. politicians' fault as well. They were as much to blame. But the bottom line is people's lives were significantly impacted by the loss of this franchise. And for that, I've decided to jump off that bandwagon. I became a Rams fan right away. Okay. Now, Kiki, what is your bone to pick with Scott in regards to that? Wait, you, are you a Rams fan or are you a Raiders fan? I'm no, confused. I'm a Rams fan, and then I'm a fan of whoever's playing the Chargers that week. Like, well, this week I'll be a Browns my fan. His, my history with the team goes back a lot longer than you, and I actually paid to go to games. I was in radio down in San Diego for many years, but I paid for my season tickets. I know you did a lot to try to keep the team in San Diego. My brother Steve also was uh, trying out with the Chargers when Dan Fouts was there. And it didn't make the team an opportunity like you. But I could have just said right there, oh, you cut my brother. I'm, not, I'm never going to be a Charger fan again. I don't blame the players. I didn't blame Phillip Rivers. I didn't blame any of these players for the owner, for the owner leaving San Diego. I wish the city would have voted for that stadium. I wish the owner would have built the stadium, you know, downtown right by Petco Park, all of that. I am not going to penalize or punish the players because I'll bring it up again. You have loyal fans in Oakland that watched their team move to L.A., back to Oakland, Vegas. Well, uh, Karen, you saw uh, how they t- not only that, you have, you have Raider fans here in L.A. where we saw yesterday, yeah. like and who still, still love the team they left in 1984 not, or whatever the hell think, it was. You think they had an owner all these years that, that, that they liked? You All the stuff the Raiders had to go through with their late owner, and they didn't say, oh, I don't like the owner. I'm never rooting for the team again. My bottom line, Scott, I know you did a lot to keep them there. I know you did. I know more than probably most people know what you did. And I, too, was trying to get people to vote for that proposition to to get that stadium built. The bottom line, it didn't work out. I'm still going to support this team because the players didn't do anything. They go where the owner took them. And I'm not going to penalize the team. You can keep crying and penalize the players and why am i penalizing them how am i penalizing them but that's a that's not a true fan a true fan sticks with their team and you saw it last night with the raider fans well i guess what you know what i'm not insulted by what you're saying and if you're telling me that i'm not a true fan i have no issue with that at all i guess the answer is i'm not 
Okay. No, I was no. I was deeply, deeply involved in the political part of all of this. I know okay? you are. And, I get all and, that. I and get and listen, all that. Why would somebody who's in radio be brokering meetings and by the way, buying expensive lunches, sitting literally in between the Chargers attorney who's on a $75,000 a month retainer fee and the city's uh, representative. What the hell is the local radio guy doing in the middle of all of that? I spent a lot of time, effort, energy. But besides that, you have to understand how people's lives were impacted when that you, team you, you, that's kind of, I know. I have friends that moved to business to Las Vegas because of it. I no, it, it, that happens everywhere. You don't think that happened in Oakland? You don't think that happened in Los Angeles? And, and you don't the think the Raiders were here the first thing? time? You, you on, don't think Scott. that there's anybody in Oakland? You don't think there's anybody in Oakland that was so angry about the Raiders move that they've decided to no longer be Raider fans? There's nobody? Scott, I'm telling you what I saw last night. They have one what of is, the right. deepest fan bases of any. Let me just end it on this. Let me just end it on this because we do need to break soon. They didn't quit their team, and I'm not yeah. quitting my team. That's no, the but, but look what they did. They overtook your team last night. In their and, own, and that's fine. Well, but the, the point is this. Hey, Scott, the, the scoreboard doesn't lie. That's all no, I the scoreboard about. doesn't lie. But but the neither does who was in the stadium, and it was the storyline of the entire broadcast, which was I understand the Charger fans don't show because there aren't enough. And the Raider fans overtook the stadium. That was the story. Okay, but I think, to, and we'll end it on this. And thank you, Kiki, for hanging out for a little bit. Okay, you guys. Uh, uh, the The reality is this. She's right about this. Like, the Raider fans, I mean, they've moved a million times. They moved to Oakland to L.A., from L.A. back to Oakland, now to Vegas. And they still stay supporting their squads. Let me go to David in Whittier, who wants to chime in on this. David. First of all, Cap, I know how you feel. I grew up a Rams fan. When they left for St. Louis, I cheered against them every single game. I hated them. When they came back, they were my team. But I have three nephews who were born when there was no team in L.A. One's a Charger fan, one's a Chiefs fan, one's a Raider fan. Their dad is a hardcore Raider fan. Jerry Jones is right. This generation that will be born, if the Chargers have this superstar quarterback, there will be kids that grow up Charger fans. And last thing, I wish Georgia Frontieri could be brought back to life so she could die again. Oh, okay then. All right. There we <laughs> go, David. Whoa. It's excessive, but thank you. Uh, we appreciate the call nonetheless. Uh, so, yeah, look. I mean, look, Michael and Pico Rivera is with you, Cap. He does believe that the Chargers are doomed. He doesn't believe, like Jerry Jones and David and Whittier, that they can succeed here. Right, Michael? Yeah, um, I actually, yeah, I wanted to compare them to the Clippers, just like the Clippers use the Staples Center from the Lakers. They're using the Ram Stadium. They're paying rent. They're not going to gain a fan base unless they can actually maybe find their own location and build their own stadium. They have to build a, a fan base from an area that has nothing. You're not going to come into a city that has a city full of fans from other teams and just try to take it over. It's just not going to happen. It hasn't happened anywhere. It's it's just not going to happen, especially with the Raiders having a fan base and the Rams. And the Rams have a stadium, so they're obviously going to build a bigger fan base than the Chargers ever will. All right, Pop. Thank you. I mean, look, there's a lot of people that feel that way, Cap, including you. So, Well, look, I just think this is why you see Steve Ballmer saying we can't be in the Lakers building and expect to build a fan base. You know, the Chargers, I believe, will eventually either have to sell the team or at some point, they're going to have to find someplace else to build a stadium. And maybe, who knows, maybe it's in Orange County. Maybe it's right where Angel Stadium is currently. But 
I just don't believe that you're going to be sharing a stadium with a franchise that actually paid for it and built it and expect that things are going to be different than they were last night. I mean, maybe Raider fans take over 75-25, but I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this Sunday when the Browns come to town because I would think that there's probably a lot of people in L.A. from Cleveland and a lot of Browns fans, and I would think there's going to be a lot of people from Cleveland coming to this game. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. By the way, we asked because Squid Game is my new thing on Netflix. I'm all over this. Basically, if you haven't seen it, watch the trailer. You'll get it. It's basically a bunch of adults uh, who have, like, this massive debt, and they're being told they have to play kids' games uh, to pay off their debt and perhaps even make money, except if they lose at these kids' games, they get eliminated. And by eliminated, I mean they die. Like, they kill them. Uh, let's go to Jason and Downey real quick. Jason, what's up? Yo, so when it comes to those kind of games – it is connect four hands down. I will bet my life, your life, my wife's life, four? children's wife's life <laughs> off connect four, my friend. I'm the guy that I will try to I will try to trap you. I'm even that guy that when I know you make an awful move, I laugh and I giggle because I know like you're doomed. So put in connect four, and I'm good to go, man. I'd probably win. I've never watched a good game, but I'd probably win if you put connect four in front of me. Have a great okay. day. Go Raiders. Okay, thanks. Sneaky, I appreciate sis. it, Jason. All right, let, let's do this. Keep it coming. You have one game, kids game, to save your life, like in Squid Game on Netflix. What are you picking or you die? 877-710-ESPN. Keep it coming on the Raiders and Chargers. I do want to get to the Raiders um, and uh, the one attribute that the Chargers gave Carr yesterday. That is not something you want to hear if you're a Raiders fan. Plus, an emotional day for the Lakers and their fans. We'll get to that on the other side as well. Stick around. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, man. Shout out to Pau Gasol, man. Um, retirement official today. He had like a really emotional moment kind of talking about Kobe. Uh, and it was in Spanish. We'll have the audio for you a little later. Um, but I just want to say this. Like, Pau Gasol was a good player in Memphis. No one is debating that. But he became a Hall of Famer in L.A. And grew up in a lot of ways, Cap. And, you know... In the, when the Lakers lost that first uh, NBA Finals that he played in to the Celtics, there were a lot of jokes being made um, about him. He was soft, this you know all the stereotypical soft Euro stuff. And he came back and busted his ass and absolutely helped the Lakers. He was as you know he was equally as important as anyone on the floor um, in those two championships. And you know they won the one against Orlando, but I think that. Nothing was more gratifying, I think, as a fan of the league, watching a guy like Pau Gasol, who was getting ridiculed in 2008, you know, hold his own and really 
play amazing basketball in that 2010 finals against those same Celtics. And Kevin Garnett, who had basically kind of owned him in that first series, um, him kind of holding his own and playing outplaying Garnett in a lot of ways, I thought, in that particular series. I, I just love seeing stories like that of guys that we tear down to build back up. And, by, you know, on top of the fact that he's just like a really nice dude, like just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, regardless yeah. of him being an athlete or not. Yeah, what I always think about, though, George, is, you know, that first era of Shaq Kobe was a championship era, and then, you know, Shaq was gone, and, you know, the, there wasn't that, that dynamic. And then when Gasol came to the Lakers, you thought, okay, well, there's that big guy that Kobe kind of needs. At least this is my recollection. Yeah. We're going back, like, yeah. you know, 10, yeah. 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and it didn't start out great, but it did end in two championships. And because, at least this is, again, my perception, the fact that Powell and Kobe had such a close-knit relationship, um, even now, everything that we know and what has happened, um, I think now we, we look at Powell Gasol even more as like that connection to that team, to Kobe Bryant, uh, to that period of time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, congratulations to Powell Gasol, an all-time great, uh, and a guy who brought two or contributed to two championships with the Lakers and the Kobe Lakers. So, yeah, you know, that was really yeah. uh, it's, it's a good day for, for Pau Gasol. And a quick story before we get back to the calls at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 is, you know, and I'm sure plenty of people have heard this, right? It's not like my story necessarily. Like, it's just a story that's been told numerous times in the media, people who cover the sport where, you know, Pau and Kobe met the first time, I think, you know, Kobe was overseas in Spain, I believe, uh, just vacationing. He was very frustrated with the Lakers at that time. Powell was also starting to get a little frustrated about his time in Memphis. And, you know, Powell was working out there. Kobe ran into him. They were talking. They're like, oh, it'd be cool maybe if we teamed up. And then lo and behold, you know, less than a year later, they are teaming up. And, you know, the story goes, man, Powell passes his physical. First game is Washington in, uh, in Washington, D.C., and, you know, Powell gets to the hotel. It's like 1 in the morning, at 1, one thirty in the morning. And the first knock on the door, right, it's Kobe. <laughs> and he's just like, yo, let's go. I'm ready to win a championship. Let's do this. We're going to win a championship together. And Powell knew it was, you know, game on at that point. Like that, and, and that relationship spawned off from there. But it just an incredible run for Pau Gasol and a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. So pretty awesome stuff. And he'll have his jersey retired at Staples too. That that will absolutely happen. As I well. have to admit that last year when they signed Marc Gasol, I, I have to admit that I was like, there was a part of me that was like, just sign Pau also. You know, even if he just sits at the end of the bench and he gives you a minute or two here or there, you know, or maybe you put him in, he and Jared Dudley play together and mop up time. There was a part of me last year that really wanted Pau Gasol to be part of that Laker team. But it's last year's team. Yeah, it would have been nice. I, we all, yeah, we talked about it on the air. I remember at that time. So, hey, real quick, speaking of something we've talked about on the air, we spent a lot of time talking about Derek Carr and how great he's looked this season. But Joey Boza out there telling the media, we knew he was shook when we started hitting him. He doesn't like that. And he was shook out there during the game. Now, Carr did look frustrated. And, you know, the Chargers have a really good pass rush. They've got a good secondary with Derwin being healthy. And they did knock Carr around a bit in that game. And I don't know about you, but that's not the word I want associated with my quarterback at any right. point in any game. Right. Well, I think, you know, listen, when you, when you hear about Tom Brady, people say, well, how do you stop Tom Brady? You, you make him uncomfortable in the pocket. You make him move off his spot. You hear these sorts of phrases. 
Um, I would think that if I'm a Raiders offensive lineman and I hear Joey Bosa say that, uh, it's kind of like a baseball player. Next time you come to the plate, we're going to throw at you. Next time these two teams play, uh, if you're Joey Bosa, you're going to have to be careful in a game like that. Not to mention, he also took his shot at the referees, calling them all blind and telling everybody what a crap job the referees do. This guy will not get another call all year long. And if anything, I think we'll have the referees looking at him with more scrutiny because of his very public rip job of the referees. But to, you talk about being shook. There's one play in particular in the game. You recall the play, it's in the second half. By this time, the momentum has shifted back to the Raiders. It's about 21-14 at this time. And Carr gets flushed from the pocket. He's rolling to his right, and he launches, George, an absolute bomb on the move. And he misses a wide, open, sure touchdown for the Raiders that might have tied the game at that moment. And to me, I was like, wow. I mean, Derek Carr, for as good as he's been through the first three weeks, that's a play he should make. And if he makes it, that game could be very different. So I think Joey Bosa's assessment, while not flattering publicly, is probably accurate. Oh, it's absolutely accurate. I don't think there's any question that that was the case. So, like, I, Derek Carr did not look as comfortable as he looked in previous games. I don't think there's any question about that. And Joey Bosa and the Chargers did a really good job of that. Um, all right, here's the deal. We're going to go to the calls here. couple calls. Uh, let me go to D in L.A. who says, hey, give the Chargers their due. What do you got, D? I just want to say, uh, Cap, thank you. I want to appreciate you, brother, for standing up and being honest about not being a fan. It's good you're not a fan. We don't need fans like you. We're not the San Diego Chargers anymore. It's a whole new regime. We're the L.A. Chargers. We got a whole new team, a whole new quarterback, a whole new coach. The old Chargers used to get beat up and tossed around. It's over. And it's going to be a whole new different thing now. Okay. Well, I, listen, I will reserve the right to wait and see because I can tell you guys this right now. Everything that we're saying today about Justin Herbert, about how great he is, and he is great. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm he's giving a star. credit. And you said well, that. You, you, you said he's a star. You well, said let me tell you something. Yeah. I promise you this. 15 years ago or however many years ago it was, these were the exact same things we were saying about Phillip Rivers. Philip Rivers came into the league. He took over from Drew Brees. He immediately led the Chargers to an AFC championship game. He became a, a cult hero, if you will, because, George, I don't know if you remember this story or not. Philip Rivers took the Chargers to New England to play in the AFC championship game. On the Monday before the game, the game was on a Sunday, on the Monday before, he had arthroscopic knee surgery. Yeah, he played Nobody on one leg. Knew, right, yeah. and he played on one leg. He had and Ladanian no Tomlinson did not and got criticized. Right. He yes. had no Antonio Gates in that game. He had no LaDainian Tomlinson in that game. And when the Chargers looked like they were about to score a game-winning touchdown at New England, this is the year that New England was undefeated, okay, and lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Michael Turner took a ball, this is the running back, was heading off tackle left, and slicing through from the New England defense was one player that stopped the Chargers from going to the Super Bowl. Anybody know who that one player was? Willie McGinnis. No, good guess. You ready? Lawyer who, Malloy. No, another good guess. But Rodney but, Harrison. No. But it's actually, it's, it's, it's more ironic than that. It was Junior Seau. Oh. Junior Seau, the oh, right. all-time great yeah. Charger, sliced through and stopped the Chargers from winning that game, and New England went on to the Super Bowl and lost to the football Giants, as you guys might recall. So, listen, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert's not a star and that this Charger team might be different. This is an interesting coach they've got. Very unpredictable young coach. But I've seen this movie before. And until I see them do what they've never done before, I'll reserve rights. By the way, just so everybody knows, 
I'm saying the same stuff about the Chargers that all you Laker fans say about the Clippers. They've yeah. never done it. They've yeah. never been there. They've yeah. never won. I'm yeah. saying the same stuff. Yeah. All right, D. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Let me go to Jay. In uh, uh, Who's next? Jay, what's up? What do you got? Yeah, I think Kiki's uh, totally wrong about uh, Cap's San Diego Chargers fanness. Um, you know, I, I think it's okay for her to stay a fan, but I think her assessment of Cap is totally wrong because she's saying, you know, you either stay a fan like me and you're a true fan or you leave and you're a fake fan. Uh, but it's more complicated than that. And, you know, by definition, it's unique because it's based on your life experiences. And I think Cap's a perfect example. He was ingrained in the community. He invested his time there. He knew the owner. But he literally is not a fan of the owner, if I understood correctly. And regarding the player's fault, I mean, sure, but they'll be gone in a few years. And so I just don't see how you can root for someone you don't like. But I will say this. If my if my friend, I'm a you know, huge Lakers fan, and if he stopped being a Lakers fan, I'd be pretty annoyed too. So I understand. What so there you go. So then you get it a little bit then, well, you, Jay. But, but you are I right, do. though. It, is, it, it, did get you, a, it, it did get complicated. I'll give you guys just a quick example. So um, the Chargers announced that they're going to leave, right? Now, just by the way, they're, the Chargers are playing the Raiders. It's in San Diego. It's like Christmas Eve. And the owner of the Chargers, Dean Spanos, walks up to me. I'm on the sideline for CBS that day. He walks up to me totally unsolicited, puts his hand out to shake my hand and says, I want to thank you. I said, thank me for what? He said, you did more than anybody to try and keep us here in San Diego. But unfortunately, the vote failed. And had it gone this way, we would have stayed in fight. And I said, hold on a second. You're speaking in past tense. Have you decided that you're moving? And he said, well, we're leaning that direction. I broke that story that day on CBS. Not that I'm some story breaker, not that I'm some NFL insider, but he handed me the story. I thought he did me right. Turns out what he did is he set me up. I, I was the one that was able to, um, I told everybody this was happening before it was officially happening because he had set me up for that. Well, guess what? The following year, the Chargers are playing the Chiefs opening game at Dignity Sports Health Park, right? The Chiefs send out a press release on Monday that I'm part of the broadcast team. Kevin Harlan, Rich Gannon, Kaplan. Um, the Chargers call CBS and refuse to allow me in their building, refuse to allow me on their sideline. And CBS says to me, hey, look, man, you know, you do eight or ten games a year for us. We don't need this kind of aggravation. We're going to let you go. I, can you imagine a billionaire yeah, that's calls nonsense. the league office? To, I, I'd be pissed. I'd be dude, pissed if I were you. I get it now. Ridiculous. I get it. Had, you, should, what, you buried the lead, Kaplan. Well, you know, George, I, I really didn't there. want I really didn't want to make it personal, but you know, listen, there's a lot of deep, complicated, emotional stuff that happened between the Chargers, uh, uh, the city okay. of San Diego, and I, I was get a part it. of it. Yeah, I get it. It's personal. Let me can I squeeze in something a little more fun, like yeah. David in Palm Springs, who wants to tell us what his squid game would be for his life to save his own life. David, what do you got? Well, it wasn't gonna be fun, but I'll throw the skid game in the squid game in. Um, I would do kickball, too, because I was the guy on the soccer field that took every free kick, including the goal kicks, corner kicks, and all that. But I wanted to weigh in on Cap because I am not getting – he needs Dr. Phil. And now we just realized why the real reason he just said it, because they wouldn't allow him in the building. Well, no, they, they made him lose a gig. You. Forget about just not allowing him in the building. They, yeah. they made him but, lose but, a job. But, but seriously, like, I actually didn't even want to do the game because I didn't want to be affiliated with the team anymore because I was so upset and hurt, not just for myself, but for so many other people that lost their jobs, lost their livelihood, lost their team, et cetera. So I didn't want to even be a part of it, but I still was going to do it because it was a network assignment. And I just thought it was really, really low blow kind of stuff that a billionaire is going to call the, the, the network 
over a guy that was, I think I was making like $1,500 for the game broadcast. It took three days. You know, you had to go do the interviews right, on but- Friday with one team, Saturday, the game on Sunday. It was no money. You know, it wasn't a lot of money. And a billionaire is really that petty. So what can I tell you? I hear that, but what I've heard from you, and I've listened very closely, I'm very observant for the last year and a half or so, and I agree with some of it. You said, okay, they, they really just run it like a business, and um, I agree, like, they aren't like the four or five teams that run it like Pittsburgh or the 49ers or the Patriots with Brady and now Tampa Bay where nothing is acceptable except a Super Bowl, but then you said that, like, knowing that they run it like a business – you also came back and said, well, uh, that was the last straw that they moved to L.A., but that was a business move that let them go from $300 million to worth like over a billion overnight. So that is not accurate, sir. Ways. Sir, that is completely inaccurate. Let's okay, Scott, back. can we save it on the yeah. other side because we're way over? Yeah, so here's ahead. the deal. We're not – thank you for the call, David. We're, you can address that on the other side. We're not breaking, okay? We are literally pausing for traffic. And Scott to talk about Sunday Swagger. So, like, we are literally not going to break. We are going to, like, pause for 60 seconds for the two. So, here we go. So, the calls are still rolling in. So, Scott, real quick, because yeah. uh, I do want to get back to the Squid Game stuff, too, because yeah, I think that too. that's – it's like a – I almost feel like we should alternate, like, one call about this <laughs> and one call about Squid Games to keep it light and serious all at the yeah. same time. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you haven't seen the show Squid Game on Netflix, it's the most popular show in Netflix history. Like, Eat that, Tiger King. This thing is blowing people out of the out of the water because it's literally blowing people like out of the water. Um, <laughs> the the show is the premise of the show is these this group of adults have these massive debts to pay, and Big Brother is telling them they can't pay the debts. They'll never be able to pay it back. The only way they can pay it back is to play these squid games, is what they call them, which are basically just child games, right? Um, you know, red light, green light, and things like that. Um, dodgeball, whatever, tug of war. So, and and if, by the way, if they lose and they can't pay off their debts, they get eliminated. They die. Like, they kill them. They shoot them. So, I was asking the question, like, if you had to play a kid's game for your life, which which game would it be? So, I would say kickball for me. Um, you know, we had, we've had dodgeball, we've had connect four, which I thought was a fascinating, uh, you know, game to, to discuss for, because it could be board game. You could go board game on me too. So anyhow, uh, hit us up on that eight seven 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 ten ESPN. So Scott address David in Palm Springs though, about the stuff about the chargers. Real well, quick. look, l- let me just say this. The chargers move from San Diego to LA was a business decision. Right. In San Diego, they had a crappy old stadium, the second-worst stadium in all of football, right behind the Oakland Coliseum. They wanted out. They couldn't build their own. They didn't have the cash to build their own. And the city and the, the, the people voted against building a stadium for a billionaire. That didn't happen in L.A. Stan Kroenke built his own stadium, $5 billion. When you look at what happened to the Rams, they were approximately 28th in the league in, uh, on the Forbes list in terms of their total value. When the Rams moved from St. Louis to L.A., they went to number four in the league in terms of franchise value. The Chargers were like 22-ish in value on the Forbes list, and they moved to L.A., and they moved up to about 18th-ish. Right, so but, 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 that, but let me pause there because they went from like about a billion to close to $3 billion. They went from more like, again, we can look it all up, but for me it was more like around a billion eight to about $3 billion. So their, their value increased, no question about it. It increased. But isn't it interesting that the Rams increased from 28th to 4, and the Chargers only moved up a few spots? Because they, they, the, they own the real estate. So, I think right. that's so, so right. listen, so it's a business move. But here's the thing. 
it's going to cost you $650 million in relocation fees. They didn't have $650 million to put into a stadium. So, you know, look, again, I, I lived in San Diego for 20 years. I played for the Chargers, when I say played, in a preseason. It was my first team that I was ever a part of. I was always grateful to them for that. I worked extremely closely with the franchise. I know a lot of the dirt, okay? And uh, it's not so savory, very frankly. And when the team decided to up and move, I acknowledge it. It was a business decision. The stadium at SoFi is the greatest stadium on the planet. Who wouldn't want to play there versus beat up, falling apart, old Qualcomm Stadium? I can understand that. I blame ownership. I also blame city government. But I made up my mind that when they left San Diego, I was no longer going to be a Charger fan. And by the way, I can still acknowledge that Austin Eckler's an amazing player, that Justin Herbert is a great player, that Brandon Staley's a really interesting, unpredictable young coach. But my days of, of being a Charger supporter are gone. And for everybody that's got something to say about that today, I just remind all the Laker fans, you guys constantly clown on the Clippers. All of a sudden, you know, a team that you didn't want, that you didn't ask for, that you didn't support, now all of a sudden everybody's a supporter. Why? Because they beat the Raiders last night? Yeah, I don't think everybody's a supporter, clearly based on the demographics of the stadium yesterday. But let me go to David and Van Nuys, who has a Squid Game conversation. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, I am. How are you guys? Hey. What's going on? So, Squid Game, if nobody's seen it, they should get on it. It's the best thing ever. I watched all the episodes in one night. And my game that I'm playing is going to be handball. Ooh, handball's also an Olympic sport, actually, too. So you got to be, like, really oh. good to play handball. Like, I didn't you're... know that. But you know what? I was really good. My, 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 you know, my low slicers were actually pretty good. So, you know, <laughs> if, somebody, if, somebody, if somebody's going up against me, you better be ready because you're gone, man. I'm, uh, I'm winning. <laughs> uh, David, thank you, buddy. Now, handball, listen, I, 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 he, you got to be brave to do anything that's become an Olympic sport because that means people are really good at it. Like, I don't, I don't think it would be something I would choose. I would definitely die. Kaplan, I feel like you'd have to do something with your leg because you were a kicker, and that's the only way to avoid to die in Squid Game I think for you. if I had to play a kid's game, and this Squid Game thing, by the way, I found out about this yesterday. Like, it, it just came onto my radar yesterday, and so it's amazing to me that this is the number one show, and they say it's, it's incredible. the biggest show yeah, of all yeah, time yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. For me, George, you said kickball. I'll take hopscotch. Ooh, what? I'm a mean hopscotch. No player. way. Yes, sir. Yes, Get out of here. I'm telling you, I can For hop. Real? I want to yeah. see this on, on TikTok or I something. Mean, it's like we need one that. leg with the other leg, two legs, up, back. I mean, I'm good. I'm a good hopscotch. Okay. I want to see this on video somewhere. Mm. Let me. In the meantime, let me go to my guy Camilo in Boyle Heights, who rarely agrees with me except the occasional time he calls. Hello, Camilo. Hey, thanks for having me on, George. Hey, Scott. So I was a transplant to San Diego once, and that's how I became a Charger fan. Uh, I saw, uh, and I had to deal with being a San Diego fan. Let's not get it twisted. Whenever the Raiders would come to town, it was way always majority Raiders fans. So that's always been an issue. And that is the issue, is that the fans don't support. There's way too many other things that you should be doing, that you can be doing on a Sunday afternoon in San Diego that are going to be a lot more, a lot better expenditure of your time than watch the Chargers lose, right? So, like, they never came. So all those blackouts for years and years and years of watching blackouts, not, be, not even be able to see the team, that's why they moved up here. Now, this is the other thing. I'm old enough to remember when the Rams were in L.A., and they weren't the Rams. They were the Lambs. Nobody liked the Lambs. This was a Raiders town then. Correct. It's always been a Raiders town. 
the Lambs never did. They were in. They were playing at at the at Angel Stadium. Right. So what yeah. are we even talking about? Hey, don't be acting like there was a this big fan base to come back to. This is the other thing. I also, as a fan, because I am a Laker fan, I also know that winning is what matters. So until the Chargers win, then it's always going to be the same way. But when they win, things will start to change. And it will be a generational thing because there are kids now. Because I grew up a uh, 49ers fan. I grew up Joe Montana, Steve Young. That's who I became a fan of. But when I was in the city where the team was at, now I became a fan of them. Luckily, they followed me back up here to L.A., and so I'm good now. I'm a season ticket holder. Shout out Section 102, Bull Rachos, Bull Pride. We represent. <laughs> I love it. You know what I mean? I you know what you mean. Next time you're there at SoFi, you'll see me. You'll see us right there in the, the north end zone, pounding on the glass. Well, let me, right let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something real quick. I got an invitation from the Bolt Pride family, who I was very close with for many years. And Johnny Bolt Pride and uh, Alvarez and the, this, George, this is like the, the real hardcore fan base of the Chargers. They call themselves Bolt Pride Worldwide. And they have been family and friends for many years, even though they went on with the Chargers and I disavowed the Chargers. And they asked me, they said, hey, aren't you going to come to a game and at least come hang out with us? And it is on my radar, George Sedano, that this Sunday, when the Cleveland Browns come to town, I'm bringing the entire mishbucha. All my kids want to go to the game. Uh Their their uncle is the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. And I will be touring... SoFi on Thursday with the 710 listeners, and then I'm expected to be in the house on Sunday for the Browns versus the Seawards. Okay. It could uh, actually happen. Okay. Hey, well, big, Camilo. Big up Pau Gasol as well. Big up Pau Gasol, legend, brought us two chips. That first that first one against the Celtics, people forget Andrew Bynum was hurt. We would have got that one then. Yep. Thanks, That's George. true. That is a good point. All right, Camilo, good to hear from you, brother. All right, listen, plenty of people want to talk about this Chargers-Raiders game, uh, about the switching team stuff, uh, about uh, squid games. Give us your squid games. We're not going far, all right? We're going to be back in literally two minutes and 30 seconds.